I kind of like giving you the choice and putting the pressure on you to start off. <laughs> I, you know, at first, I don't want to say let's go with one. I'm going to give you – you have three options. I can give you five clues. You can ask five yes or no questions, which is a hard one. I don't see That's, you ever yeah, taking I that don't. one. Or you can just ask five five facts I'll, about the I'll company. ask five facts again. Maybe we'll keep that as a trend for this week. Okay. We'll see how I do today. Okay. So, <laughs> see um, if you can stump yourself. I'm going to start again with uh, with the big one as long as you keep answering it, and that is, yeah. is it a tree, shrub, uh, graminoid forb, or an other? It is a shrub. Okay, another shrub. Another so shrub. Two shrubs in a row Just by, by coincidence. I didn't yeah. do that on purpose. All right, so shrub. Um, uh, about how tall does it get? It gets six to eight foot tall, but also eight to ten foot wide. Ooh, okay, interesting. Um does it have a flower? And then I guess what would the flower look like? Uh, let me see. It does have a flower. Um, it's small, greenish white, and inconspicuous. Small, greenish white, and inconspicuous. Uh, okay, that gives me some ideas. Um, sometimes I don't like to ask certain questions because it makes me <laughs> I'm like, but what if it's not? Like I'm thinking <laughs> it's a plant, and then what if it's not? The thing what is I'm you thinking. have a lot of options. Oh, yeah. So there obviously there's going to be some plants with clues that are just going yeah. to give it away. But. Um, and I'm going to ask again, what well, I'll, I, What does the leaf look like? <clears throat> uh, leaves are usually simple and alternate, sometimes in opposite pairs. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm going to expand on that. They're lance-shaped, sparingly toothed, glossy, and leathery. Okay, and uh, this so I is, gave you a lot. There. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and you know, I was thinking something else, but that answer made me think of a different one in the same family. All right. So this is where it really come down, and I should have asked this last time, or oh, in my as my last question, because then I really would have known. Uh, what color are the berries? <laughs> <laughs> I know they're, they're red. <laughs> so. They're small. Nearly black. Oh gosh! Oh man! Now shiny, really berry-like droops that are one third inch in diameter. Hmm. All right, those are your five clues. Oh man! Now I I'm really like, thrown off. Like Jeopardy music, like do do do. Like why? Those are your five clues. Did you ask the right questions in order to guess us? I so the entire time I was thinking, I was thinking Ilex glabra. Until you describe the leaves, and that made me think, oh, maybe it's Ilex verticillata, but not with – with. and I, how, I, did we do Ilex verticillata already? I don't think we did. But, um, I don't think we did. Oh, man, I can't think of another one on the spot, so I'm going to go with Ilex glabra. All right, so your guess for today is Ilex glabra. You're correct. Really? Okay, yeah. so the leaf – description is what kind of threw me but off they're but. landscape but they're they're small okay. like i didn't give you the size of the leaf and it's a a, a smaller leaf but landscape sparingly tooth like it could have like a couple yeah. couple tooths glossy which it mm-hmm. is glossy yeah. and leathery mm-hmm. um and they're simple alternate sometimes in opposite pairs yeah i guess i've never realized that the leaves were toothed at all and that's why i was like they're very they are but, but it's yeah. you know the thing is there's so much seedling variation in ilex glabra that you could have it be more lance-like a little more ovate 
like a little more toothed, a little less toothed. It's it's weird because there there are a lot of there's a lot of cultivars or species. There's Ilex glabridensis, shamrock. Mm-hmm. There there's a bunch, and they all have like their own Nordic I, Nordic something. They all have a little bit different leaf shape or, gotcha. or body Interesting. shape. Well, I have a lot to learn with this one. <laughs> You're listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Welcome back to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. I am Fran. And I'm Tom. And today's plant is Ilex glabra, which is inkberry holly, but also called Appalachian tea and gallberry. Ooh, that... That's going to be interesting when we get to the the uses. Then, yeah, yeah, totally, so, totally. But one of the things I I don't ask because I did I guess the episode the last episode on Monday, but I didn't ask it today is the wetland indicator status because that doesn't always help me as much. No, but uh, but what is the wetland indicator it's, status? It's facultative wet, and which can be a little deceiving because this is a plant that we do see quite often in the pine barrens, and that is not a facultative wet situation a lot Mm -hmm. of the time that's more facultative the facultative upland so but to me when you're talking about shrubs and you get into facultative wet there's such a wide variety i can see why that wouldn't help you because you would have a lot of choices to choose from a lot of the cornice Mm -hmm. uh like i like for kiss a lot of things like that are all facultative wet so it it's probably not a question i would have asked either but it does have a native range uh, um it's a large native range from maine to florida uh, and southwest to Louisiana, so you'll you'll see it all along the mm-hmm. East Coast. Yeah, and um, I'm you mentioned it was a shrub. I didn't ask yes. if it was an evergreen shrub, but it is an it is an evergreen, it is shrub. evergreen. Yes, but what is the the family of this plant? It's Aquifoliaceae, uh, but the only genus in Aquifoliaceae is Ilex. Okay, so Ilex Holly mm-hmm. is or Holly are all the same family. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. And I wasn't aware of that. That that was that was something yeah. I learned today too. So one of the things I like about this plant is the the stems and the bark. Can you describe those? It's a like a very smooth dark green bark. Um, and Ilex glabra, even though it's evergreen, as it gets older, it tends to defoliate from the bottom. Um, now you can prune it. They actually take the pruning very well, so you can keep it more compact. But it always just kind of seems to defoliate from the bottom a little bit. I mm-hmm. don't know why that is. So you do get to see the stems. You do get to see the bark. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just a very smooth, clean-looking bark. Yeah, I and, guess. And we talked about the flowers and the berries. And a lot of people, I would mm-hmm. think, when you look at this plant, wouldn't even think it flowers because the flowers are really small. They're really and small, inconspicuous. Yeah. And I didn't notice them flowering until I had them up close. I'm like, oh, yeah. there is a flower there, but. Are they monoecious or dioecious? Do you need multiples to, to cross They are dioecious. So it does bloom late spring, and it is dioecious, so you, there are male plants and female plants. So the one thing with hollies that I've noticed because they're all in the same family is that as long as there's a male that's blooming at the same time of the female, it doesn't necessarily have to be, if I remember correctly, Ilex glabra. Like if you had a male – Ilex verticillata that was blooming the same time as a female Ilex glabra, they'll cross-pollinate. Hmm. They just have to be blooming at the same time. Now, the reason why there's a lot of cultivars of males for all these hollies, like Ilex verticillata, there's early male, late mm-hmm. male, because you're getting cultivars that bloom at different times 
like say the cultivar comes from the Midwest. It's going to bloom at a different time than it would on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. So you're making a clone of it. So even though you change the conditions, it's still going to bloom for what it's genetically encoded for. Mm -hmm. Like if it blooms three weeks later because it's in the Midwest, then the East Coast is going to continue to bloom three weeks later. But our males here aren't going to bloom three weeks later, mm-hmm. so they have to have a cultivar that carries that bloom time. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I I think so. So that's the reasoning. When you get into cultivars, you have to think about that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But as long as there's another holly blooming at the same time, you're okay with cross-pollination. Interesting. Interesting. And another thing that I – it's inkberry holly, so that makes you think of berries. But I would say the berries tend to be fairly inconspicuous too. They're relatively small. A third of an inch diameter. Yeah, so they're small. And like we, we did say earlier, they're nearly black uh, and shiny berry-like droops. And they do ripen in the fall and persist in uh, into spring. So it, they're they're pretty long-lasting on, on the plant itself. Yeah, and how do these plants spread? Uh, root suckers, and they do form colonies. So um, not as aggressive as some other plants that we've discussed on the podcast as well, but they will root sucker up, and, and you'll get a few next to each other. It's not as as common as you would think. I think most of the time people are putting them in their gardens and they're cleaning up the root suckers around it. They're mm-hmm. mowing or they're gardening around it. But in in the wild, you definitely see – you don't see one. Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's very and, dense colony. Yeah, it's, it, it, it will form a dense colony, but if if you're maintaining it on your property, you can keep it under control. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, and do they prefer sun, shade, part shade? It's full sun to part shade. Uh, they can handle shade, but they'll be – as an evergreen, they'll get a little more leggy and a little more open, mm-hmm. a little more wispy uh, possibly. So they do really uh, prefer that full sun a little bit more. Um, and if you have them in the wrong spots, um, some of the things that are susceptible to are leaf spot, spider mite. Um, and if they're on the wrong pH, they, you know, if, if the pH is too high, you'll get chlorosis. So, which is a yellowing, yeah. yellowing of the leaf. And I'm so. thinking about where we, where I see them growing uh, naturally in in the New Jersey pine barrens. I think you have more acidic soil there, so that would yeah uh, make make some sense too. So the the interesting thing too about the root system, we talked about it forming root suckers and forming colonies, but it does have both a tap root and the prolific lateral rooting mm. system. So it will root deep and it will root wide. So just keep that in mind as well. Um, what else you want to know? Um, I'm guessing. Well, I guess we're at a point where I get to ask my favorite question is how sure. does it help wildlife? So uh, birds are really fond of inkberries. <clears throat> I almost said inkberry berries, but uh, <laughs> yeah. birds are very fond of the inkberries. Uh, mammals, uh, kind of like raccoons, squirrels, and black bears uh, will eat inkberries also if they're short on food. It's not their go-to, and that's kind of why you hear that it's persistent into late winter, which is usually mm-hmm. the case. They're persistent yeah. because they're not as popular. Um, southern bees are known for making gallberry honey, which is mm-hmm. much sought after. Um, so that's southern honeybees. Yes, southern yeah. southern honeybees. Okay. Um, and I think that's they are bee pollinated, mm-hmm. which makes which makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, so does that mean since the bees will make honey out of them, does that mean I can eat the berries too? Or uh, no, berries are actually toxic. You know, the one thing. I found very interesting is that we did learn 
that mountain laurel, if honey is because that's toxic, mm-hmm. and if honey is made from it, <clears throat> that is toxic as well to humans. Mm-hmm. But this one is not like you can mm-hmm. have the honey from this. You just can't eat the berries. Very cool. So I guess it's uh, the part of the plant that's that because I guess mountain laurel the the stems, the leaves, the flowers, everything mm-hmm. are toxic. So, yeah. yep. um, it does like to grow. It is long lived, uh, which I wasn't sure about. Mm-hmm. Like that was one I I thought it might be, but it can live up to forty years. Uh, but you usually find it occurring in disturbed and undisturbed uh, mature vegetation in like a successional forest. So that's where you'll yeah. see it popping up. And what what is it a good sub for if you wanted to to add it to your garden or or Take something out of your garden and put this instead? Because it is evergreen, but it's a softer, softer evergreen look. Because it is evergreen and it does take the pruning very well and it's you can keep it to a manageable height. I think that's a great sub for Japanese holly, which Mm -hmm. is Ilex uh, Cronata. There's a lot of – when you walk around and you see landscapes, you see a lot of like Ilex Cronata Hetzii or Ilex Cronata Green Luster, which are very popular uh, foundation plants. Mm -hmm. This – you know, because this does get wide, so you don't want to put it right up against your house. But you can use this as hedging or uh, a good foundation planting, um, uh, a good group of planting. If you just want to create a little bit of um, uh, screening, mm-hmm. I, I think it's a great, yeah. great plant for that. It's it's really underused. Like I have seen it used as like borders around movie theaters and things like that, but they've all been cultivars, not straight mm-hmm. species. Yeah. So. I just think it's underused for all the benefits that this has. It's even the larval host for the Henry Eflin butterfly, which I thought was uh, very interesting. So it has a lot of benefits in that way, and it's one of the few native evergreens shrubs that we have. We don't have a whole lot. No, no, we definitely don't. And uh, and I want to ask where the other common names are from because like Appalachian tea, gallberry – I don't know if gallberry sounds something – like usable or you yeah. usable to humans, but Appalachian tea does. Yeah. But I'm guessing that's going to come in uh, in our little yeah. four, four truths and a lie game here. Yeah, and you know what? I actually have to switch papers with you because I gave you the one with my handwritten uh, oh handwritten clue. All right, here's our trade. I think I did. Uh, uh, thank you. Yeah, I did. All right, that's that was good to know. <laughs> um, all right, so I'm going to give you. Four factual statements, one fake news, okay. and the one of these is a gimme because we have already talked about it. So I'm okay. going to throw that yeah. one right out from the beginning. So gallberry honey is a highly rated honey. It's 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 mm-hmm. very highly rated that results from bees feeding on inkberry flowers. Okay. Um, wood from inkberry hollies is used for boxes and also instruments. Holly stems can be dried to make thatching. Pioneers Mm -hmm. made cinnamon brown ink from the bark. Okay. And dried and roasted inkberry leaves were first used by the Native Americans to brew a black tea-like drink. Okay. Um, They're all pretty simple. Nothing really there is outrageous. There's two that stand out to me there. Okay. the one is the 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 boxes because I don't know if I've ever seen inkberry holly that you could boxes. actually like harvest wood from yeah to make boxes and instruments. Um, and there was another one, but it didn't stick out as much. So I'm going to go with that one as as the 
That one? So the, the wood's used for boxes and instruments? Yes. All right. It's actually the holly stems can be dried to make thatching. I just made that really? up. Really? Yeah. See, that would make sense to me because they're where I see it and going into the next segment where would we plant it in, in our yards, yeah. I would because I have. And um, and I put it in front of my house as like that evergreen shrub. And yeah. uh, it's been a long time, but they're actually start. It's been probably five or six years. They're actually starting to fill out and look yeah. like that evergreen, um, I don't want to say round ball, but. I'm, I'm assuming that, that the wood used for boxes and instruments aren't like complete instruments. Like you're not making a whole yeah, instrument yeah. out of but maybe you're making dowels. You're making or, a, like a drumstick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or something like that. Or uh, And it's got a little bend in it because it's not – you can't get a 12-inch yes. straight piece of wood out of that. Yeah, that although trail, it, you know it does get 6, 8 foot tall and 8 to mm-hmm. 10 foot wide. Some of those stems can get really like thick at the bottom. Like it depends on mm-hmm. – but it's not like you're not making a drum set out of. No, no, you're not going to make a guitar out of. <laughs> no, no, but yeah, I just like I know dried out. Mm. Like to me, I started thinking of thatching. I was like, you, you know, I made that up, but I could really you could see, see that being a, that. a potential use that that happened at one point. So I just thought it was interesting that considering it's ink buried, that the pioneers made a cinnamon brown ink from the bark, not yeah. the berry. Yeah, that's. Interesting too, yeah. and that maybe like the name says ink berry, thinking the berry, but maybe it was the color an ink yeah. plant, and then yeah, it had a berry. There you go. There's, who knows how they name these plants? But <laughs> so, it's a so, common name. So would you put it in your yard? Like I just said, I I did, and um and they're they're were very leggy at first, and uh, and they're just starting to fill out a little bit, and look how I wanted them to look. I probably should have done some pruning early on, yeah. just to kind of train them a little bit, because now. Like you mentioned earlier, the bases are a little bit more bare than I would have liked, and um, but the the tops are looking really beautiful. And as they continue to grow, it's going to be really really nice. Yeah. And that's why I knew that they had what the flowers looked like and what the berries looked like, um, just because it's something. It's ink berry. It's got to have a berry, but I never really noticed the berries like that much before. There's not I should wouldn't say there's a ton of berries yeah. that are on these plants, but the flowers are really unique when you get up and like really really close to them. It does have a a beautiful flower. It's just yeah. not you're not going to see very it tiny. from it's just very 10 tiny. feet away. Yeah. It's really tiny. Yeah, so how but, about you, friend? Would you put it in your yard? Oh, totally. And I I haven't and I don't now I'm sitting here thinking why haven't I? Because I I definitely have places that I can use it. I just haven't done it yet, but I would totally put this in my yeah. yard. There's not it's, too many things that We've said that we wouldn't put in our yard. Oh, so a lot of times it's yeah. I, there's a, it's and this conditions. Is one, this is or size. Realistically, you know? I just bought a house uh, at the time when I planted these, and I was like, "Well, I want to do as many native plants in my garden as, or as possible. What can I use as a native evergreen? Oh, this is before I really even knew plants that well. Oh, inkberry holly's a, a native evergreen, and you can use it like kind of like a boxwoody type thing if yeah. you yeah, totally. if you especially <clears throat> if you're getting some of these cultivars. Um, you can use it like a boxwood replacement, and uh, so that was my idea. But I didn't really know what I was doing, so they're finally coming into form now, where it's having the look that I want yeah. it to be, and it's it will only get better from here. But totally. for a long time, I had people like I was friends with asking, "Why did you what What did you plant up there? And like, why Why did you plant that huh. there? Because they were just <laughs> these little like little things with a handful of leaves on them, but yeah. um, but." I want to say that to say if I didn't have a space for, like, say I was choosing between 
I had a like a corner. Like I have yeah. many corners in my backyard, like I've said, and I had to choose between a viburnum nitatum or a cranberry bush viburnum or uh, a red bud or something like that or an inkberry holly. I probably wouldn't choose the inkberry holly. Yeah. I'd choose something else that's a little bit more showy instead of yeah. this. I'm not using that as a standalone. I'm yeah. definitely massing it and I'm using it. As like if you had an area where you put your trash cans and you wanted to block it out a little bit, mm-hmm. that's probably a great yeah. choice. Yep, exactly. So, perfect. All right. So thank you for joining us today on Tuesday for a native plant every day with Tom and Fran. We'll be back again tomorrow. Until then, keep it native. Thank you for listening to a native plant every day with Tom and Fran. Hey everyone, this is Fran and Tom, and we just wanted to give you a quick reminder to tune in every Friday to our other podcast, Native Plants Healthy Planet. Yeah, so on Native Plants Healthy Planet, we dive into all different kinds of subjects revolving around native plants and our ecology and having a healthy planet. We have guests from uh, from colleges, from other podcasts, from different nonprofits we work with, even authors. It's a really good time. We hope you join us over there. Make sure you tune in, and until then, keep it native.